On this edition of Magic Pod Squad, we catch up with Magic Man Aaron Gordon. Lots has been happening in the life of AG the last couple of weeks, so we certainly touch on the slam dunk competition, his thoughts, where he came up with the creativity for all six of those dunks that we had never seen before in a slam dunk competition. We go back to his early days uh, when he first started to get good at basketball, the first time that he dunked a basketball, first time he finally beat his dad in a game of one-on-one. Who are some of his mentors and what it means to be playing in the NBA? Certainly he has passion for this game, but it is also a business. So we get into some of that as well. And and what does this team look like here for the final two months of the season? And also go back to last year when Aaron Gordon got his first taste of an NBA postseason. Lots to get into with Aaron Gordon on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to this. This is uh, Magic Pod Squad's first opportunity to catch up with Aaron Gordon. George Galante is the fourth member of this pod squad. Do you, do you honestly, honestly, honestly... Do you know who George is? Of course, man. <laughs> Everybody of course. knows who George is. Right? Do you like you George? Right, How do you right. not George? Is he hiding somewhere? <laughs> no, no, but, but he'll listen. He's, so, he's listening, though. Okay. He's li- he'll be listening to this. <laughs> We're not sure if Dante even really likes George. I'm a big David fan of George. I'm a big... You guys compliment each other well. We do. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, we, we do. you got to have that good balance. Yeah. Is there a better balance than George and Joel? There may not be a better balance with those. That's two. the yin and the yang of media guys. relations, isn't it? Oh, for sure. You right. know, I mean, nothing slips by those two if you got them together. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you taking time. Are you a podcast guy? Do you listen to podcasts, or do you ever think about hosting one of your own? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I think um, podcasts are really informative um, and funny. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, I've thought about hosting my own and uh, listened to a couple of different ones, um, like the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. That's probably probably my favorite one. We're probably not a funny podcast by any means. But I think it's well, when George is here, it gets pretty pretty funny. <laughs> it does get sure. pretty funny. What kind of what kind of content interests you? If you were to host one, what kind of content would you uh, be interested in? Guests, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, just kind of, uh, I guess overall, you know, consciousness. You know, just trying to figure out. Uh, how to be more peaceful, how to live a more peaceful life, um, how to alleviate suffering in uh, everyday situations. Um, yeah, and I'll obviously talk about basketball. Like the Knuckleheads, that podcast yes. is great too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Q Rich and D Miles. Um, Vince's podcast is really cool too. DJ got his going now. Right. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on out there. Um, there's a lot of routes to take as well. You've been on a lot of those. You've been on yeah, all those podcasts, yeah. except well, for Knuckleheads. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's got to go. Oh, that's got to happen here soon. We got a lot we want to cover. But yesterday, the most recent event was the celebration of life for Kobe Bryant and Gianna. You had a relationship with Kobe. You worked with them. Just, I know it's a obviously it's an incredibly tragic scenario. But as you think on your time spent with him and how you got to know him, what what, what comes to mind? What were you most appreciative of your time with him? Um, just how open he was, you know, I think as a player, he was kind of to himself, um, kind of, uh, inwardly, inwardly focused. And I think 
now that once he got done with his career, he was kind of starting to let people in on what was going on in his mind. And, you know, he really had a beautiful basketball mind and a great business mind and a very creative mind. Um, and uh, I thought that was probably the most um, inspirational thing. You know, just how his mind worked was amazing. Are you, Aaron, I was looking earlier because I was thinking, well, there's a, a possibility that you could have played against one of your, you know, the guys you admired and everything, but you never got a chance to play in a game, uh, NBA game, in the two years that you've been in the league when Kobe, you overlapped with Kobe. Is that is that something that you look back on, you regret a little bit? I mean, it wasn't your fault. I mean, he was injured most of the time, but uh, do you wish you would have had that opportunity? course man so it was, it was a little sad when I never got to play Kobe um I was always looking for him you know what I mean when we played the Lakers I was looking for him like hey, what's up man why are you not playing I'm trying to go at you <laughs> and he just looks at me he starts rubbing his knees and I was like uh, okay I understand that man you put in a lot of work um we pro we always caught him at like the second night of a back-to-back -back or the beginning night of a back-to-back -back. um and uh he, he didn't really play those uh back-to-backs um you know, down the stretch of his career, down those last two, two years in his career. But you know, uh, um, you know, he he just got kind of assured me. He said uh, he liked what I was doing, um, and, and he could see me. You know, he could see me. So uh, it was important. I think it's always interesting because I know, like you know, when I was a you know, I'm old enough that like for me. Like Dr. J, Julius Irving was, you know, he was our guy, right, when mm. I was growing up and everything. So it was always like, you know, I'm going to play in the NBA. I'm going to get to play against Dr. J, you know. And I and that was like when I first did it, it was one of the scariest things I ever did. But it was something that kind of it made the dream real and everything. And so for the guys your age and everything that didn't get a chance, I always felt like that's probably a missed opportunity to kind of really um, – you know, bring this whole NBA experience because I think it's important uh, to to make, to bridge that gap. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. You know, just um, you know, just kind of seeing the example. Yeah, you know, left by these superstars and. But to you test know? yourself against, like you say, you always wanted to test. I think that's the right. biggest thing. It's like, can I really match up with this guy, or you know, do I belong on the court? I think it's just. It just helps you make the adjustment, you know, because going from college to the pros and playing against somebody of that, you know, that you've always looked up to and everything. I just, you know, just curious on your thoughts on that. No, for sure. You know, all, all the, you know, the Paul Pierce's, uh, LeBron's, the Chris Bro Chris Bosch's, Dwayne Wade's, um, Ray Allen's, you know, these are all guys that were like your Dr. J yeah. to me, you know, obviously Dr. J's a, <laughs> one of a kind you know what I mean so that's pretty cool in its own right but uh yeah it's just kind of like that test you know it's like um okay I'm here um how can I elevate the game you know how can I uh supersede them obviously Kobe mentored a lot of players that many of us didn't know that he was involved with uh, who were who were your mentors as you came up as a young kid who were the people you looked up to and that influenced you and I, I think two of the first pros that reached out to me, um, like I, as I was making that step into the NBA, were Andre Iguodala, the Arizona Wildcat. You know, so he looked out for me, and uh, Barrett Davis. Barrett Davis is a California guy, so 
Uh, you know, he's uh, both characters, both great characters, you know what I mean? And just as real as they come. So those were two of the guys that, that really kind of, you know, tried to give me a little bit of insight. But, I mean, it's it's hard to figure out exactly what you're in for yeah. when you first get into the league. I would guess your dad had uh, a major role in, in your development as well. He was a tremendous athlete um, at San Diego State, right? He played basketball. Tony Gwynn was a teammate of his, great baseball player. Uh, what what impact uh, did your family have on your development coming through? Well, huge. I mean, it was a very competitive situation. Uh, my brother played. He's still playing in Poland right now. Uh, my sister played. She played uh, D1 basketball. Uh, Pops played um, overseas for a little bit, played San Diego State. Um, so we were always battling. You know, we were always battling. And my mom, she just had a, a tremendous work ethic. You know, so she's really where I got my motor from. And, um, yeah, you put that together, the motor and the athleticism, uh, and then the know-how of basketball, you, know, you get me. What were those backyard games like? <laughs> oh, dude, uh, pretty gruesome, man. Pretty gruesome. It was like blood, sweat, tears. Kick the ball. Everybody goes inside, cool off, and then come back out. Was there a pecking order? I mean, did you know? Were you your trying to rise? Too, right? Were you trying? Yeah, she was a good athlete too. Mm-hmm. Were you trying to rise to the top? I know your dad probably started out, you know, as the guy you had to, you had to beat. But um, that must that must have been some great battles. Yeah, I, I felt like I had them pegged. You know, from a young age, which probably wasn't true, you know what I mean? But I felt <laughs> like it. Feeling, it was the feeling, right. What was the first – how old were you when you first were able, like, take dad one-on-one? I was about 13 years old when I could finally, you know, make something happen and, and kind of get him. And you yeah, knew that he wasn't him. just, you know – Letting you, let, letting you have yeah a bucket here that's there, his right that's, that'll right. be Aaron's story because you know he, he had played so much basketball by that time you know his body had worn down on him a little bit so I was able to kind of cross him over a little bit and uh yeah I just remember playing do you remember where it was do you remember where you beat him in the whole bit like, uh, yeah we 24-hour fitness um I, I do remember one uh, specific play I felt kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't dunk on your dad. I didn't dunk him, but, okay. I, but I crossed him. And he broke I, an ankle. Yeah, it popped. Something popped. <laughs> yeah. Popped his ankle. No, I, I think it was his knee. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I think that's when he like he hung him up for a, a good amount of time. Because mm. you know, oh. he, he tried to get out there, and I kind of I rushed him into the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was talking a little bit of junk. You know, I mean, me, I was young, spry, didn't have to stretch or anything like right, that. You right. know, he kind of followed suit. You know, he just kind of hopped back. Bad decision on your dad's part. <laughs> yeah, there. exactly. What was the first time you dunked? Do you remember your first, the first time you dunked in a in a in a real event? Uh, I was about, I don't want to say, twelve or thirteen years old. Good grief, twelve or thirteen? And you were probably Goodness. how old were you when six, you first dunked? Six foot, Dante. Yeah, yeah forty one, six two, <laughs> six two. I just beat beat my dad for the first time last year. (laughs) I felt pretty good about that. You know, it's funny. I remember the first time, like, my dad didn't play. My dad, you know, just was a fan, but he was – he he hated to lose, and he just foul. I mean, he just. Mm. But I was a probably twelve or thirteen, and I remember the park and where I yeah, was. Right, the whole scene. He had one shot, Aaron. One. I always laugh. Dave and I laugh on the air. You know that running hook that DJ 
yes yeah. to the right hand to the right to that's all my dad had <laughs> and but he could make that him. shot he made yeah. it though he made that shot but he, i remember because the backboard would, would gave had gave a little bit. oh okay if okay. it was one of those hard metal backboards he'd never make it but right. he had this one spot but i remember the first time i got him too and he never played me again so yeah, it was after over. that it was over huh? <laughs> you said you got to go find some new competition right. huh? so right. aaron how special was the getting your jersey retired archbishop Mitty? i mean you had so much success there i remember when we drafted you the big thing coming out of the the war room that day was this this everywhere he's gone he's won you know and that was a big part of it you know your success at at archbishop Mitty. how for that to come full circle all the family and friends that were there had to have been a special time yeah it, it was incredible you know, is is very overwhelming. Um, just to be recognized, you know, that's not why I played a game. Sure. You know, I played a game just for the love of it. You know, just that's it. You know, just because I love to play the game, uh, I love to win, and um, but just to be recognized and validated in that sense is a uh, is a special thing. You know, it's a really special thing, and um, just growing up around that community and, and being a part of that that. Uh, you know, that school and yeah, it really has a great sense of community and, and to be commemorated for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be cool. I'll be able to go back there and, and, uh, you know, have bragging rights, I guess. <laughs> no doubt. How tough is that transition? I mean, we got, you obviously play the game cause you loved it, but at some point you realize this is going to be a nice life for you. This is going to be a profession. You can still love the game forever, but you got to treat it as a business at some point. Mm. This Navigate us through that. What what is that whole experience like when you know you gotta I gotta put time in this and make this a business? Yeah. Um I, I guess it goes at some point it just goes to a job. Right. You know. It goes from less less of a game to to more of a career and more of a job. But I think there's still a passion, a competitiveness to it and everything about wanting to be the best, mm-hmm. um, be as good as you can be, I think. But yeah, there's a reality check, isn't there, that there's a job. It's a job to mm-hmm. it. I would say so. So yeah. when did that come? When did that hit you? I guess is what Dante's kind of, when does it change? Yeah, probably like a year or two ago. <laughs> is you that know? right? Yeah, because yeah. up until this point, you know, I figured, uh, I always knew about the NBA. You know, when you play basketball, like that's the goal, is to make it in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, if I'm good enough at this sport, I can be in the NBA. And then I, I knew all the legends in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I knew if you play basketball to the point where you're good enough to get to the NBA, then basically you, the rest of your life will be taken care of. You know, your family will be taken care of. Um, the people around you will be taken care of. You know, you can set yourself up to do whatever you want. Um, unfortunately, basketball is a means to an end. You know, it's, it sucks. You know what I mean? The ball, the ball won't stop bouncing, but at some point I'm going to have to stop bouncing the ball. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But that's, what, that's what's cool about basketball. You know what I mean? There's going to be somebody else to pick it up and bounce it. Well, you, you know, what you say, though, is um, it, it should be true. I mean, it should be that as much money as pro athletes make today, you should be set for life. But unfortunately, it's not the case for everybody. Mm, you know, I, people make I, bad decisions. Um, they, they, they don't handle um, the fortunes that they, that they make or potentially could make well. How do you protect yourself against those types of things? You have good people around you. I, mm. I, I would assume you have some great advisors that help you navigate this. Definitely, you know, uh, I have a great advisor in Joe McLean. He's also a Arizona Wildcat, and um, played on the team, and just a, a great guy. You know, he, he deals with guys like uh, Clay Thompson, Isaiah Thomas. There's a couple of different pros around the league, and and for me, 
he put it in terms of a scoreboard, you know, which is easy for uh, somebody like athletes to understand, you know, and he he put it in how much you can save and how much you can save is you end up running the score up, you know, so um, I save almost my entire Are check. you aware? Do you, do you keep up with what's going on or do you just let somebody handle it and you don't bother with it? But are you a guy that wants to know what's happening with, with your off-the-court activities? Mm. So, um, yeah, every month, every single month, uh, I get updated about um, just, you know, my entire portfolio, um, everything that I'm invested in, how much the investments are, are raking in, um, my net worth, um, how much is going out, uh, how much is liquidatable. There's every single every single month I figure out exactly where I'm at and, and what the score is looking like on that scoreboard. So you said you're a saver. You you don't you don't spend if you don't have to. I'm sure you treat yourself at times, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at times I do have to definitely treat myself. But like I'm a simple guy, man. I really am. Uh, give me a pair of shoes, some socks. Some shorts, a shirt, <laughs> and a ball. Put me in a gym, and I'll be good. That's Other it. than that, um, everything else is arbitrary. <laughs> well, we got to get into this dunk contest, Aaron. You can't say it, but we can say it. You should have been sent home with the I trophy. Think we all. I think we all. <laughs> that, that goes without saying. That goes. Yeah. Without Everybody saying. agrees. We should have won. That's that's a given. But you left before that competition, and you said, "I'm going to do four dunks that no one's ever seen before." Mm-hmm. You did six. Right, <laughs> you probably would have done eight if you had to, <laughs> but the creativity, the the imagination to come up with the dunks that you went there with those four you were talking about, what was the inspiration? Where where did you where did you come up with that? How, how did you determine those four? Uh, yeah, so um, kind of a multitude of places. A lot of it was social media. Okay, you know, seeing kind of like the M one mixtape dunkers or the team flight brother dunkers um professional dunkers and being like okay i could probably do that um yeah and then the the one off the side of the backboard um in 2016 elvin payton threw me one and i did a reverse i did a 180 Mm -hmm. and i was like okay i was up there pretty pretty high i could probably turn that into a 360 Uh, so i tried it a couple of times and and it worked out did you practice that with markel uh, once before really? the only one time, one time in Chicago. That's a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, right. I mean, really? Think right. Did you think I mean, he was going to be in the spotlight? The jacket on. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> yeah, right. Aaron's in the spotlight, but if Markel doesn't throw a right. you know a decent pass, I know you can catch almost anything, but but still, there's a little bit of pressure on him too, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, he he did well though, man. Yeah, this, yeah. this is a point. This is a point guard, man. This isn't just a point guard, man. <laughs> Markel's going to be one of those special players that people talk about for a long, long time uh-huh. about playing points. So I knew that he's going to come through and, and drop a dime. Well, you get the you, you get the five straight fifties, which was uh, which was obviously never been done before. And now you're looking around and you got to figure out what to do with your sixth dunk, and you grab Taco Fall seven. Just take us through that whole. <laughs> how did that happen? Did who you gave plan you the, that? Who no. gave you the idea? No. How did that all even happen? Yeah, I really had no idea what I was going to do. Right. And um, I went to Shaq. I thought it would have been hilarious if I was able to jump, jump over Shaq and dunk. Um, he to, turned you down? Or yeah, he, he didn't want to do it. Man. <laughs> what did he do? Did he like, just I give you a look? Or did he's he? like, I don't want to mess it up. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Like, I, I can understand you don't want to be a part of this. Um, and so, then you made eye contact with Taco. <laughs> I just kind of started hearing people chant Taco, 
You know, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, the biggest guy in the gym. I'll Were just you trying to wait for Do you like? So here's the thing. So Taco comes out. Was there any doubt in your mind that you were going to get over? Yes. Over yeah. Were the you top? confident that you? Yeah. Could jump exactly. Over him? I mean, it's the biggest guy in the gym. Yeah. I mean, my at that point, my confidence was through the roof. So okay. I was trying to stick my whole arm in the rim, <laughs> and it, it didn't work. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. But so, you can see there's a second there where you have a little look in your eye as you're standing there looking up at him, trying to tell him where to hold the basketball. And that had to all been processing through your head. Uh, what, what am I going to do here? How am I gonna, now, I get, now I'm committed to it. i got to jump right. over this guy. Right. Well, um, the visual, those striped pants, those vertical stripes, <laughs> yeah. made him look about 10 feet tall. Yeah, I mean, that made him look even taller than he is. Yeah, he's huge. And he, he's just like, man, i got faith in you. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to let you down, Taco. Like, so it was good, man. He's a good sport for that. He's a good dude. Did you happen to see? This is the thing that gets me. And so, like afterwards, like every, so, everybody's texting, and you know, so he was robbed, the whole deal. And so then you start reading the tweets, right? So somebody comes up one, and they and they talk about the world record for the high jump. Did you see that one? Uh, yeah, it was it like was, it's seven feet okay, eleven and a half 11, or something eight, eight like feet, that. right? Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. eight feet. Yeah. And the point oh, yeah, they make, <laughs> the point they make is that you now have taken the center, your center of gravity, over a seven six guy, <laughs> and still dunked the basketball. Right. Trying to put it in perspective, just and, crazy. And I thought that's pretty good. And yeah. then I started thinking, I wonder if Aaron has ever. Did you ever high jump in? Try yeah. it in high school or anything. Yeah, I used to high jump Did a little you? bit. Yeah. What's yeah. the highest you ever cleared? It was middle school, so <laughs> not very high. Like, it was only like six nine or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it was probably like six six, six seven. <laughs> middle school. Middle school six six six. Seven, six four, high, right? six five. Yeah. But obviously you want obviously you wanted to hoist the hardware, but you but you're the people's champ, and everybody acknowledges that and feels and supported you that you should have won that. Did you what what? kind of surprised you the most about everybody who was everybody was weighing in on that competition did that surprise you the support yeah yeah it was great man it was really great um it, it was just awesome you know um but now it's time to move on i like you know? the comments about you know I'm, i i want to get back to all-star weekend right. but i want to be in a big game on sunday night right yeah you know that's a, that's a great way to focus you know going forward so what 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 do you feel like you've got to do to get to that step? What well, what's the next step for Aaron Gordon? I believe embracing a power forward role. You know, I, I believe that. Um, I think that's a, a big step, and then just continuing to be myself, um, uh, be patient with the game, uh, understand the game, be a student of the game, and then win. Win. So those are couple of things that are going to get me there you said embrace the power forward spot what does that look like what's today's nba what define what you're talking about there um for me it's, it's really like point forward you know um being able to push the ball handle the ball uh facilitate create plays uh just kind of do everything you know just be a glue you know be a glue for the team um and and, and do what's needed of me uh, night in and night out. Well, you did that in Brooklyn the other <laughs> night. I mean, that, yeah, that fourth quarter, that was as, as great a basketball as anybody's played probably this year, that, that stretch that you had going really in the second half of the game at Brooklyn. Is that what you're talking about, where you're, you know, you're, you're defending, you're making the right pass, you're knocking down threes, doing a little bit of everything? Yeah, and that is 
what I'm here to be. You know, I'm, I'm here to be a, like the craziest Swiss Army knife that anybody's ever seen. You know what I mean? That's the goal. Well, take it. How, how much did you enjoy making it to the postseason? Obviously, I know you didn't enjoy the outcome. You know, you, you want to. Mm. You don't want to get there just to get there. You want to win, and that'll come eventually. But just that taste. You guys worked so hard to get there last year to do it the way you did it. How much did that fuel you? Getting to see what the playoffs was like. And it was huge. It was huge. Like it just makes you want to get back so badly, right? So badly because the the level of basketball is incredible. You know, like the goal is to play at the highest level of basketball that you could possibly play. And um, that was a step in the right direction. And the, the intensity's there, the pressure's there. Um, and that's that's what I love, you know, <laughs> those pressurized situations. You know what I mean? Those are, those are great, man. Those are fun. They make you feel alive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like what playoff basketball does. See, they can tell you that, but I would imagine until you go through it, you don't know that, right? You, right. you had to feel that. Does it do something to you, that, that pressure? Yeah, uh, for me, it, it focuses, you know, it, it just makes me that much more focused. You really work on um, your mind, getting your mind right, feeling at peace, that sort of thing. What what kind of things do you do to try and get set, you know, to compete at a high level in a pressure-packed situation mm-hmm. like you were in in the All-Star, the slam dunk contest, you were in in Brooklyn the other night in the fourth quarter of a big game, you go to the free throw line, you know, with the game on the line, you got to make big plays. What do you do to try to get your mind right? Um, just clear it. You know, that's that's probably the best way I could put it. Uh, because you know, through those situations, there's like a hundred thoughts that go that race through your head that are all untrue. You know what I mean? It's just something that you're making, something that you're thinking about in the past, or potentially things like things that could potentially happen. But uh, you know, just try and focus on, on being where my feet are, being where my body is, um, just being completely present and um, and then just allowing uh, whatever is going to happen to happen, you know. Um, yeah, kind of going through negative thoughts, just complete positivity. Are you doing a good job with it? Because I'm yeah. sitting here, I'm still thinking about the dunk contest, and I'm still pissed. So. <laughs> I'm still angry still about it. Yeah. I'm still struggling. We're, we're, we're struggling a lot more than you are, Aaron. There's no question. I lost my mind on Twitter for about an hour. I think, after that. I think yeah. fans <laughs> feel that way, too. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. But that's a big thing with you being present, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. what would what, how would you explain that, and how do you how are you able to do that at that moment? I got a big shot. I got to make a big play. I got to block. Uh, I got to come up with this block for my team. I, how do you go through that? Um, like I said, I, I guess it's just kind of uh, eliminating all the like the static. That's kind of like what I call excess thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, the thoughts that I have nothing to do with the, what's going on right now, the moment. Like if it uh, doesn't have anything to do with the play that's going on right now, um, then it's just excess thought. And so if you kind of just go through that static and kind of just like, um, I don't know, just make it not so seems so important you know all, all the kind of like whether you're sore a little bit you mm-hmm. know what I mean or you're tired or you know you haven't touched the ball in a while um or I don't know whatever if you have stuff going on w- with your relationships outside of basketball mm-hmm. you know those are all things that aren't all that important and then it allows you to just see the game uh, much clearly and, and and make reads and then just play the game that, that we love to play stay in the moment huh oh for sure Sure. When well, this you, is when something you've had an interest in for a long time. Yeah, you know, since you first came to Orlando, I met you. You've talked about 
uh, and you've had different people that have been involved that you tried to learn from uh, and trying to master this. Not easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, talk about some of the people that have influenced you, uh, try to help you stay in the moment. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had, like, uh, you guys remember George Mumford? You know George Mumford? I know the name, but mm -hmm. I don't know who. He was, uh, he helped kind of Phil Jackson get into his Zen oh, mode. Yes. Oh, yes. Right, George right, Mumford right, was, right, okay. Was the, they're like, they're, they call him mm -hmm. the sleep coach because when, when he made everybody <laughs> meditate, they, just went, they went to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I talked to George Mumford, uh, and he was uh, very helpful. You know, one of the things that he said was, uh, feel to be real. And that really, really uh, resonated with me. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, and then I, I have my uh, like a sports psychologist and, and mental skills coach, uh, Graham Betchart, mm -hmm. um, who is out of the Bay Area. And we've worked a lot together. And, um, yeah, it, it's just there's so many different tools and, and, and skill sets, just like training your body or, or grooving your jump shot. You know, you got to be able to groove your mind in order to, uh, eliminate that negativity what's interesting is you you know probably everyone in the nba to a degree is similar gifts right athletic gifts mm -hmm. and this but the greats could do that you hear lebron talk about that kobe probably talked with you about that michael mm -hmm. could do that the greats could can get there can't they they can get their mind to this is what i have to do i'm focused on this at this moment yeah yeah and i mean you see a lot of guys like i think uh i think james harden gets there mm -hmm. um and it's just uh, being in the zone, you know. That's what ultimately what you're trying to do is just be in the zone. Like that's like the best thing in the world. You, you, you like when come on, man. Once or, on or twice, yeah. Come on, once, <laughs> once or twice. Saying, yeah, you probably count them on one hand, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it is great. It's it great, is great. but it's hard to get there, right? It is. It's hard to get. And I think Dante's right. The great ones manage manage to do that. All right. Well, lastly, we got what two months left in the season. For this team to do what it needs to do, and for you to 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 help get this team there, what what needs to happen? This, the, Brooklyn was a great start potentially for you guys, right? Is that that kind of intensity? Is that what was that what we need to see night in and night out? You think? Yeah, that that level of execution and, and intensity, uh, everybody contributing, um, the ball moving around, uh, is communicating with each other. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, but we're all plenty capable. Does it matter? to you guys in that locker room, whether you're seven, eight, six, does it matter where you finish in the standard? You're just trying to win as many games as possible and, and you know, where, where you are, that, that's where you are. Yeah, I think um, obviously we, we want to just win as many games as we can. Um, if we can move up, that'd be great. Because, um, uh, you know, Milwaukee is a beast, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not about who we play, you know. Uh, it's about who we are. Yeah, Coach Clifford talks about how, you know, the key is just let's just play as well as we can possibly play. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you take your chances against anybody when this team is, is right mm -hmm. playing well together. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Coach Clifford has done a great job leading this team. Can you get Vooch to, to get upset once every game at some point and start yelling at you guys? Or how does that? Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen him that upset. Come down and jack a couple shots and see, see, see how he reacts. <laughs> Just a little temperature check. All right. Well, good stuff, AJ. I appreciate you taking the time. It's a busy schedule, busy time for you. And we're all excited. And good luck the rest of the way here. Okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Aaron. Right, thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron.